everybody, welcome back to my podcast, Scary Stories. This is season one, episode eight. Letters from Ben. I don't think I ever told this story before. I've done my best to repress the memory of that year, my life. Maybe I vaguely referenced certain aspects about the ordeal here and there. It would have been impossible not to consider its impact, and I would never forgive it its entirely. I've been cleaning out the basement at my mom's house, and towards the back, buried under a massive boxes filled with random junk and old clothes, was a small, clear plastic storage container. I had no idea that my mom has kept the letters. The letters began not long after my best friend Ben, the kid from who I've been shy of and separated with since we were three years old, was moving away. I remember being crossed that day when Ben came up to me in our fourth grade class with puffy eyes and told me he and his mom were leaving town. That night at home, my mom explained that her father, Ben's grandpa, was no longer capable of caring for himself. As such, his mom had decided to move out of the very small town in which he lived, which itself was two states over, and stayed in his house until such time his, her assistance was no longer necessary. My mom also suggested I get their new address and give them mine so Ben and I could write back and forth. And so we did, starting the first letter Ben sent me a couple of months after they left. November 19th, 1999. Hey dude, it's very boring here. There's nothing to do, not outside at least. But guess what? My mom got me so many games, cross team racing, Crash, Banded, Wasp, Dino Crisis, Driver 007, Tomorrow Never Dies, and these two games called Grand Theft Auto, but they're weird and graphic or stupid. Driver is the coolest one, but I haven't played 007 too much yet because I've got, just got it. You should come visit sometime and check it out, Driver. And I'm still playing Tony Hawk a lot, duh. The next house is far away from ours, and there's nothing at our house that any fun. School is dumb. There's kids from three different towns that go to my new school, my teacher said, and I already know everything they're teaching. I wish I could come back home. Oh, and my mom met an old friend of hers named Joe, and we've been and he's been here a lot. He's nice and plays with paintings with me. I think he lets me win, but he says he doesn't. We have to make our moms let us come out and here and let me come see you there. Dear, what if my mom would let me live with you? We would basically be brothers. Talk to your mom and see if she would let me. I'll talk to mine too. Sincerely, Ben Noble. P.S. SK8 Bros for Life. It might be clingy to you, but SK8 Bros was what we lived for back then. We were going to be pro skateboarders. It was dumb dream, but it was ours. We generally send letters back and forth every week. This went on for several months, and we, with us just telling each other about our week, what was going on with the people from Westbank schools and both of us regarding how we tried to convince our moms to let Ben come live with us back home, but the most prevalent then was was lame situation in the home. I wish I'd never come to this stupid house. I hate living with my grandfather. He 
doesn't even remember who we are a lot. My school is the worst. All the kids there are dumb. You would hate them. At least the two of these types of statements were made in each letter. That's why it was surprising when I, after those seven months, the letters of that type. There was a lot, about two months at the end in which I received one from him. But his attitude was seemingly completely reversed. September 2nd. 2000. Hey Nick, guess what? I found a skate park a few minutes away from my house. It's sick. Since not a lot of people live here, it's not very busy that much. The woods out here are pretty cool too. I think I just didn't like them because it's been cold. This is actually a pretty fun place. Some of the kids are pretty cool actually. They're not SK8 bros cool, but they're okay. Joe brought me a space station too and the game Street Fighter X3 and Dead or Live 2 and Destiny Warriors 2. My grandpa is still my grandpa, but he is doing okay, I guess. Guess what? My mom said she would pay for you guys to drive out here. She says she feels bad you haven't come back and I haven't come home, and so she said so pay. She told me to tell you to ask your mom to take some time off work to come out and visit. In the next letter, let me know when she is available to do so my mom can to finally bro ben nabel the last letter i received before one was much like there always been unrealistic withdrawals scornful all the surrounding it was suddenly switched but i was happy for him i kept my mom apprised about the letter letting her know what was going on on the end of things. When it comes to a letter, she finally went and promised me she would take some time off work in a couple of months, even going so far as letting me miss school for a few days so we could visit before I got too, got too cold and I started to snow. I wrote him back a few days later, giving him the dates my mom had notified her from. She wouldn't be in as well as requesting phone number. I've got Ben's reply very slowly thereafter. September 12, 2000. Hey man, my mom said those days are perfect and she asked off work. Finally, dude, there aren't any houses to trick or treat at, so we will just have to hang out on Halloween. Best holiday ever, but you should still bring a costume. We have to go to a skate park and play my PS2. Did you get a PS2? If you did, bring your games if they aren't ones I have. Here isn't our number. Joe, my mom's friend might answer. She said your mom can call and make sure it's okay. XSXXXXXXXX. Sincerely, Ben. No bell. My mom did indeed call Ben's mom's boyfriend, Joe, indeed answered. He politely informed my mom that Joanne, Ben's mom, wasn't yet back from work, but that everything as planned was good to go, and that they were excited to see us, and he to meet us, remarking that there was rarely any time that Ben didn't relate a conversation to me, his mom's. From his hometown, 
in some way and that it would be good for him to see me. After getting and writing down the directions to the house, two states over, my mom hung up the phone and informed me of the good news. Our plans spend seven days, one day for driving and getting there, five days there, and a day to drive back and get home. We left on October 26th, a Thursday, and we were excited. Can't even find the words to describe how amped I was. I was finally going to see my closest friend, the person to whom I related most, most that I haven't seen for the better part of the year. On top of that, I was getting to miss school. On top of that, I was going to going to be Halloween, our favorite holiday. But all accounts, this was shopping up to be a great week. We made the ten and a half hour drive and upon the last few directions my mom had to been given we found ourselves traveling along empty road finally made the last direction turn and in the distance we could see a house just cast and it was old few moments when the lights on dark of simulation. When we pulled up to the house, we parked next to Joanne's van, which was decorated with a large, dense, and driving sides that I had made, but that Ben had taken the blame for, and the other car that clearly belongs to her boyfriend, Joe. As we got out of the car, a man emerged from the front door of the house, wearing a Frankenstein costume. Hey guys, welcome. Welcome, welcome. I'm Joe. You must be Amber and Nick. Hi, Nick. Hey, Nick. A little birdie told me that I said your favorite holiday is Halloween, so we thought we'd start celebrating early. I hope you brought a costume. I was instantly ecstatic. I did. I brought a costume. I yelped up to the man. Well, suit up, partner. We have a surprise all set up for you and when you're ready. Ben wanted to make you guys when you next door to back door. I asked my mom if I could change into it right away, to which she applied. I sprinted up to the porch with my bag, and I was directed by Joe to the bathroom while I stayed behind to greet my mother. As I walked through the house, I heard him say, very nice to meet you. Amber, Joanne, fishing things, basement. Ben set up a I remember looking around the house and finding a mess within its strange. It wasn't expectantly a messy or anything, but Ben's mom was always kind of neat freak. The house never has anything out of place. This house, however, had dirty dishes in the dining room, tables plied with clothes all over the place, things like that. Again, nothing too outrageous, that just underparistic. I changed into my Power Ranger costume in the bathroom and I walked back to the living room where my mom and Joe stood talking besides a bitch mess. The house was decorated for Halloween, pretty elaborate. There were opulent decorations, cobwebs all over the place, bowls of candy throughout the house, a decorative skeleton in the chair in the corner of the living room, stuff like that. I was very excited to see what they've done with the basement. Joe on her us towards the basement door and opened it to let us through, closing it behind him. There were a small light on each step 
we used to guide us down and once we got to the bottom of the step we were forced to turn left down a narrow walkway i remember being scared the darkness and confines were overwhelming but i also remembered my mom kneeling down and whispering to me it's okay ben and told joe we have much you guys like the haunted maze it went a couple of years ago so he built one for you guys here since there was none around here my mom kept her hand on my shoulder as we walked through the lights would flash and Things would pop out and drop down, and loud noises would blast from the speakers, just like a normal haunted maze. And for being in a basement, I recalled it being surprisingly well done. I heard Joe from behind my mom say, The final, it's just up ahead. We made one more turn and followed two small lights pointing up, a pair of dark blue curtains hanging down. Let me sneak you. By you guys quick come in when I tell you he wants this to be perfect Joe said and so was he brushed parts through the curtains bringing stood to keep the clothes as possible so as not to ruin the surprise ready to see your best friend I know how much you guys have been looking forward to this he said from behind the curtains and I was it has been nearly a year since I seen Ben and I was more than ready. After just a few seconds we heard it come in, followed by a comma spooky laugh, like the kind of scooby doo villain would make. I was so excited to see my best friend. My mom whispered to me to go ahead. I walked through the curtains and there he was alone with his mom and two other men. His mom was nude for body cut eight pieces all of them nails to the wall, furnished to make it look like she was waving to us. Ben's grandpa was rocking chair was in a rocking chair also the same way, with his hands stoned and his feet swung to his wrist. His mouth was been cut and the edges of his lips his mouth was opened twice as far as a person's mouth should be able to open. Next to him was another man, probably but later confirmed to be the real Joe, hung from a rope tied to a load-bearing beam in the ceiling. All the skin from his torso removed. His tongue was nailed into the forehead. Here have been acting truly been Ben's grandpa. But I don't think so. I've been long time, like I said. I've done my best to not think about it. Drinking glass of various sizes were all saucers and bowls were screwed to the floor. All filled with blood, I'm assuming, on the wall. We made a strip of real Joe's removed skin were the words miss you. To the left was a man who has posed as Joe, who has terrified Stoven Ben's pounding his knees facing me. Ben was filthy, as if he had been better changed his clothes in mind. Joe quickly tore away the pieces of duct tape from covering my best friend's mouth and said, C- 
quick, say hi. Ben continued crying. I don't think I, he had time to comprehend his chances as was. This whole thing lasted at least five seconds. I had walked through those curtains and stopped in my tracks, blocking my mom from entering the area. See, soon thereafter, poked her head through the immediately and pulled back from the winds, came running back through the maze. The last image I have of my best friend, the world, the person with whom I shared every interest, the other half of the world to be skateboarding for no team. The SKA bros was of him and his on his knees in front of a psychopath, sobbing as the psychopath took a hacksaw to his neck and started trusting his arms back. As my mom repeatedly told me to go move, run, all I could hear was grudgingly screaming of Ben Nibble and wanting point the love loud voice of a madman who taking his life. Oh, come on. You've not even gotten to let him watch. You're no fun, followed by the scathing and calm loud laughter. We found our way back to the stairs where my mom took me to go outside and get in the car and lock doors. Knowing now wasn't the time to question her, I obeyed. I looked back as I ran through the hallway and saw her tips over a bookshelf front of the basement door. She was gone for about 20 seconds after that, but she finally emerged from which the house ran, ran to the car and we drove away, stopping at the end of the street. She explained that she'd been looking for and eventually found a phone in the house and called the police quickly. Said another house had killed and she'd be ended the road from Ben's house, the address which she luckily put on top of the content of a curse when we were gone in. Given that we were in the literal middle of nowhere, it took the police nearly 20 minutes to arrive. When they did, we let them in the house and they entered and rambled, asking my mom what if the man had run away, but she told me she was confident the bookstore was too heavy to move from the other side of the basement door. As I t- it turned out, the man hadn't tried to get through the basement door. He hadn't tried to get out at all. He simply placed his head on my best friend's small table next to him with a little note, or maybe he had pre-written it, I don't recall, put a single barrel shotgun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. I will forever have the image of my best friend's mother, her boyfriend, and her grandfather in their final stages. All the bear since the accomplishment dismembered of bodies, I will forever have the image to last my eyes laid upon my best friend. The image burned into my ten-year-old eyes of him with his tears steaming down his face and a hacksaw pressed against his neck. But the part part about the whole ordeal that sticks with me more than any of that is the note the killer left. You probably want to know why I didn't write. I don't think I saw an opportunity and I took it. I was pretty funny that right? Be honest. Whoa, so that was a pretty scary story if I do say so myself. 
So if you want to send me your stories, my email address is sars9959 at gmail.com. And again, I'll repeat it. sars9959 at gmail.com is where you can submit your scary stories. So please, submit stories and your story will be told on my podcast. So see you next time.